And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Monday, February 1st. Oh, God. January was like a blur to me. I don't know about you guys, but it was whew, crazy. So, meanwhile... Uh, the time is just marching on. The virus is advancing at a stunning pace. Um, I wish that every single one of you has really good health and being careful. And once you've done that, I wish that each of you stops freaking out about whatever money problem is on your mind and let us help you walk through whatever issue is either keeping you up at night or maybe not even keeping you up at night, just bugging you, bubbling in the background, back burner. Let's bring it to the front burner. You know, it's cold in lots of parts of the country, so maybe we can help you out. Um, Maybe snuggle up to the fire instead of making yourself nutty. So just send us your financial questions. Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com, askjill at jillonmoney.com. This is a question from Linda, and she's asking about 529 plans. Hi, Jill. Love your show. I'm a big fan. I wanted to get your opinion on 529 contributions. I've got two kids, a 20-year-old sophomore daughter in college and a 17-year-old senior in high school son. Both of them have 529 plans. The 20-year-old has about $45,000. The 17-year-old, $27,000. Listen to this. The daughter, she got a full tuition scholarship. Whoop, whoop. I didn't put the whoop, whoop in. Linda did. And I mean, that's amazing. Okay. And she's planning to go to PT school, which now we will be able to help her with because of the 529 savings. So the undergraduate paid for it, then she's going to have to do grad school. Now... Next, I don't anticipate significant scholarship money for the 17-year-old. Now, here's the question. Do you advise me to continue to contribute to these accounts at this later stage in their academic lives? I did the contribution for 2020, 10 grand for each kid, and I really thought it was worth the state tax deduction, and I'm feeling confident both kids are staying on an academic path. 
Even if my daughter were to change her mind and she doesn't need the money, I could transfer the money to her brother, pull it out penalty-free since she received the scholarship. What do you think? How many more years would you recommend? Many, many thanks in advance. Best, Linda. Oh, wait, check this PS out. How about this? I work for Vanguard. Thank you for all of the wonderful shout-outs when you recommend Vanguard. We love our clients, and I love being a crew member. That's awesome. Okay. On the 529 plans, I'd keep doing it. You know, first of all, I would do it for both your daughter. I would certainly do it for another, for, you know, 2021 at least. And maybe 2022. I, you didn't mention if your son might be going to a state school or a private school, but I would definitely do it in 2021. Listen, by junior year, she's going to have to make a decision about whether or not she's actually going to grad school. And you probably will start to have a better sense of what happens next. But I would definitely do it for this year and maybe again for the following year. Not only about the state tax deduction, but it's tax-free investing. I just love that. So keep doing it, at least for another year. Mark writes, my wife and I have money in four different places. And we really want to consolidate so we can manage the money better. So here's what they have. Fidelity, Vanguard, Paychecks, TD Bank. They're uh, 60s. They're about to retire. Two small pensions with Social Security, a house, no debt. Um, they've got expenses of about $60,000. Their income will be 76, almost 77000 I'd like to simplify and move all the money into one place. I'm worried about bank failures in the near future, and I wanted to cover myself. Should I split the money between Fidelity and Vanguard, or do you have a better suggestion? Thanks for your help. Listen, Mark, I wouldn't worry. I'd pick one or the other. So I would pick either Fidelity or Vanguard and not make yourself nuts. These are very strong institutions. They are not going to fail. Um, I wouldn't worry too much about the, yeah, I would just pick which platform you like better more than anything else. What is easy for you to use? And that's it. Call it a day. That's what I would do. Robert says, I went through a divorce about 10 years ago and I fought to keep my three guaranteed pension plans. I basically started at $0 at the age of 46. My goal is to leave my $100,000 a year job in D.C. at age 60, move to Vermont, and open an electrical business, then work on my own terms. Good for you. I will start drawing my first pension at age 60. The others can start at 62. Now, I'm playing a little bit of catch-up with personal investing, but also would like to build a small house on the 87 acres I own outright. Is my plan solid? By the way, I'm not one of the people with a million dollars, just an average guy, and I have doggo pictures to share, although I don't see them. Mark will put them up. Um, okay, so here's a question. Um, you don't actually tell me whether the three guaranteed pensions will be able to pay all your bills. So that's what we need to know, number one. Number two, I'm not sure whether the idea of buying or building a home is the smartest thing necessarily. I need to know more information. If the three pensions cover your needs and allow you to, buy, to build this small house, then yeah, it's a solid plan. But we're missing some of the, the data points. And to make sure that you're on the right track, I'd love for you to follow up, okay? This is a very long email. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to read this to you. This is about student loans, and it's from Evan. Evan writes, 
I'm 26 years old. I have a master's degree. I make $70,000 a year. All right, so far, so good. Got about $19,500 left in student loans to repay. Mix of grad, but mostly undergraduate, federally held student loans. They've been in forbearance since last March. Now, before the pandemic, I was paying about $1,100 a month on them. That was when the required payment was only about $400. Okay, that's great. So you got to jump on them. I thankfully have been gainfully employed. And though I haven't been paying back the loans, I've been saving the equivalent of a monthly payment in a high interest savings account each month. Okay, sounds good. In March, it seemed like a smart way to keep cash on hand in case things went south while accumulating interest to make a large catch-up payment when payments started again. So great. I think I like that. Okay. We just saw the new administration extend forbearance period until October. Now I find myself with about $20,000 sitting in the savings account. I would like to earn as much as possible on the now thousands of dollars I've earmarked over the past year that's just sitting in a high interest savings account, but with as low risk as possible. Any suggestions? Don't do anything. Forget about it. I would not do anything. Um, Additional details. I always try to keep 10 grand on hand for an emergency fund. No, don't mess around with this. You're going to need this money. Just leave it be. Leave it in the high yield account. You're paying 0% interest right now. Okay, so whatever you earn, even if it's teeny tiny little bits of interest, it's better than when you are having to accumulate because it's 0% on the loan. Okay, I like that you get the maximum 401 uh, match from your employer. So that's great. And you're going to get a pension. Um, So this is all fantastic. But I, I really, truly believe in this point, don't mess around with these funds. Keep them liquid. And, you know, keep piling up the money and be happy when you pay off this sucker. It's going to be great. Next up, this is from Twanda. Hi, Jill. We just purchased a home. It needs some immediate and down-the-road improvements. We plan to tackle about $15,000 in renovations within the next three months. What is the smartest way to finance this? We've got about twenty-two grand in cash savings. We do have excellent credit. Should we open a credit card with some big intro offer? Take out a personal loan? pay some in cash. So much to think through on this project. Your input would be a great help. Well, I guess that um, I would not do a credit card. I would probably look into a personal loan. I think the credit card is just asking for a problem down the road. So I think I would try to get a personal loan. And, uh, you know, our, our previous sponsor, Marcus, they have some very cheap personal loans, but you should check around. But yeah, I would I would not get involved in, uh, in a, a credit card. I, I don't like, I much prefer an installment loan. Krishna writes, hey, Jill, thank you for all the help you offer for millions of people in their financial decisions. I got to imagine if it were millions. It's not. It's probably hundreds of thousands, but definitely not millions. Oh, maybe millions if you add in TV. Okay, I'm going to say millions. Good. Okay, Krishna goes on to write. I'm 50 years old, my wife is 39, and we are looking for advice on whether to roll over both of our employers' traditional 401k plans, 240000 and 110000 respectively, to a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. Ha-ha. Our combined gross income is $270,000. We max out our current plans. We don't want to roll over our old plans to our current 401k plans. Please let us know if you have any other questions with options. That's Now we're getting into a high income bracket, right? So this is the problem. 
we've got these folks, they're in the 35% tax bracket. Do we really want to sop up their liquidity, if they have it, by converting? I don't think so. I would roll it over to a traditional IRA, and I really wouldn't worry about it. I'm interested as to why you don't want to roll it over into your current plans. I wonder if that has to do with the plans themselves. So I'd love to know a little bit more about you, but I think that my at first, like sort of my first pass at this question, I do believe that you'd be better off just rolling over to a traditional. If I'm missing something, let me know. That's it. This is a start of the month, start of the week for a lot of people. And we are always happy to have you here with us. We are always happy to field your questions. So if you have a financial question, send it to us, askjill at jillonmoney.com. And of course, if you have reason to be on our website, if you're at jillonmoney.com, we have a contact button. Check that out. Very easy to access. We hope that you are a subscriber to this podcast. If not, you can subscribe wherever you've just been listening to this. And if you want to pass it along to friends of yours, gosh, we'd be so appreciative. We really would. So as always, we are starting a week. Things are getting crazy out there. New month, but same virus. Wash your hands. Wear your masks. Maybe two of them. Maintain your physical distancing. And please put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Do something nice for somebody today. It will make them feel better. It will make you feel better. I promise. It really will. Okay. Uh, I'm trying out the mantra again. Let's see how it sounds. Grit, growth, grace. I like it. Sorry, Mark. Okay. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.